It's easy to get caught up in what you're doing, buried in projects, tasks, commitments. It's overwhelming. Remember that productivity isn't the goal, but an imperfect means of measurement. Give yourself the space to simply be mostly productive and supercharge your success. I'm Matt Anderson, and let's explore this idea a bit more. Well, hello. Every month, I receive an email. It's jam-packed of important information for people in my role. It's consistently between 10,000 and 20,000 words, which is the length of a college thesis plus a short novel. Unfortunately, this is just one of many quote-unquote important sources of information that's coming at me every month, let alone all of the other ones, like the email chains with customers that have three different forks and branches of the same conversation that are sitting in my inbox, plus the videos that have been sent to me of meeting recordings and things from conferences and marketing announcements, plus all the training materials I'm responsible for, it, just so I know what's coming. It's overwhelming right? I think you get the idea. I mean, the reality is we live in a time of information overload, and it seems like we're held accountable for just knowing anything from those emails at a moment's notice. I mean, I've been burned in the past, as many people have, by, you know, quote-unquote being told about something which happened to be in a lengthy email, but it was buried, but it was in fact there. Or it was a footnote of a conversation in a webinar that I had access to, but was otherwise booked during the original airing. And you know, one of the reasons that you know I certainly see email pile up in my inbox that I have to pour through and why so many people have hundreds or even thousands of emails in their inbox is that I don't want to be caught unprepared and there's this hope of being able to get through all this information. But unfortunately, there's no clear external gate to help say which things are ultimately going to be relevant and which ones won't. And it's this idea, it's this challenge that has me thinking about a concept that I call information insurance. And it is the hedge against these problems of information overload that we're looking at here. So in this episode, I'm going to dive into a little bit more of this idea of information insurance and striking the balance of what the, what the right level of information insurance is is. So let me start with the description of information insurance. And the idea here, I'll go to the core concept of insurance in general, where you pay for something upfront as protection against something that could happen in the future. I pay for auto collision insurance. So if I get into a car accident, I have a reliable way to quickly get a new vehicle without having to come up for that money some other way. I pay for life insurance, so if I meet my untimely demise, I don't leave an undue burden on my surviving family and loved ones. So my investment today makes sure that I'm covered in the future in case something happens. 
So using this concept for information insurance, let's apply that same pattern. So an investment today makes sure I'm covered in the future in case something happens. That investment today is spending time consuming the information, the email, the video, etc. now in case I'm asked about that thing later. It also shows up as the stockpiling of this information, say, in an inbox or in an overbloated OneNote file or in a Teams channel uh, in the hopes that I can find it later. Now, let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that insurance is a bad thing or that we can just skip having some sort of system in place to deal with this. Insurance isn't a bad thing. It's, in fact, tremendously useful But there's a balance that you need to strike. Much like if you're buying coverage for other things, there's a risk of overbuying insurance. You need coverage for all the right things and in the right amounts to get the most benefit out of your insurance policy. Some of the challenges with insurance are that, you know, one is that you might pay for it, but you might not use it. There's that risk of overbuying. To use a more, uh, this is more concrete in other types of insurance. Like, you know, in life insurance, I can estimate how much I might need based on, you know, paying off my house or making sure that there's money for my kids to be able to go to school, which at some point in the future, which is something I would have contributed toward if I were still around and working. But if I'm gone, that's one of the things I need to cover. But for information insurance, it's not quite as cut and dry. And there's this risk that I'm taking on in spending extra time reading an email or watching that webinar where I might not ever need to know that thing. And there's at some point a limit to the amount of benefit that I'm actually getting back out of the investment that I'm making in. The second challenge, and I've already started alluding to this, is that insurance is specific. I might lack the, the specific, specific coverage that I want to have. You know, maybe I spent that time watching the wrong video or reading the wrong email or reading the wrong portions of those emails or the customer threads. You know, maybe it, it branched off and there was, you know, one of, the, one of the many things buried that I just didn't happen to see. At that point, I'm lacking the coverage that I was hoping to get, even though I was making the investment there. Another challenge is that even with the appropriate coverage, it can be hard to use it. You know, in health insurance, this might be that situation where you need to see a very specific specialist, but they're not in the network and you're going to have to go out of network and your insurance coverage isn't going to apply there. And, you know, applying that same concept to information insurance is that just because you read the right email doesn't and, and, and learned the right information doesn't mean you'll have the immediate recall that you need to be able to, to, to put it into play right away. So information insurance is important, but it's specifically important to use it in the right way. And there are a few different components to my approach. First, I limit my investment in information insurance. I do this a couple of different ways. One, I look at factors like 
who it's from. How much was it tailored for me specifically? Was it a single email that was just sent to me or was it blasted out to many distribution lists? And also, what level of content and depth is there that is actually new material there and how can I focus on that? Using the example from the beginning of the podcast with that really long email, I try to read it a bit like a newspaper article where I look for the information at the top and I try to skim through the rest. So instead of a 30 to 60 minute exercise of actually reading that much content, I try to be done in more like five minutes. And the insurance policy would be Uh, Overbuying the insurance policy would be to spend more time going through that, going a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. But how much is the right amount? 10 minutes? 15? 20 minutes? Where does the return on investment stop paying off? And for me, that magic mark is usually somewhere in the less than five minute range. Another part of my approach is that I socialize with my leadership what my investment is into these various resources. I try to be clear on how I'm going to bring the most value, and it's not necessarily spending my time consuming every video or reading every letter of every email because that would be my full-time job if I were doing it. So I try to communicate what my approach is, what are those things that I'm going to focus in on, and where am I going to have to go do some digging later if I need to, and help get that buy-in and the consistency to make sure that I'm focused on the right things, not just from my perspective, but from theirs as well. And the last part of my approach is that I leverage additional systems that I put in place. So a few examples of these systems are that I set an expectation that I know a lot, but I won't have all the answers. So I don't have to worry that I'm going to be held accountable for having every answer on the spot. It seems really silly, but just being upfront about that and being clear takes a huge burden off my back of feeling that pressure of needing to know everything. I also try to take the key information and make it more easily discoverable. If I jot a couple of notes about something, maybe at the the top of a, a OneNote file where I have the full text of something, I can go find those notes that I've physically typed and make it make it easier to find the full-on source documentation later if I need to dig back into it. I also try to distribute expertise across my network. So I find those people and reinforce with them how much I count on them for knowing things about a specific area of expertise that's something of a passion area for them. And then I know who I can go to to find those things later. And one thing that I try really hard not to do as a system is try to keep that information insurance uh, source material, that that primary content, in my inbox or on my to-do list. It really just clutters things up, and that is not what I see an inbox or a to-do list being for. There, that That is not the right place for it, and that's a, an explicit part of the system that I try to keep separated from any of the in, uh, information insurance that I'm investing into. So I've chatted some about what information insurance is and what my general approach is, but developing the skill It takes a little bit of work in being able to work with this. So I had less of an understanding of what was actually important in that kind of skimming early on. 
I think of this term and I, I still throw it around quite a bit, which is I didn't know which way was up. And there are some aspects of working through this information overload and, and getting getting a, a better understanding of what are the types of information that I'm going to be able to consume quickly that are also going to be the right type of relevant information and things that I can recall later on. And developing the skill of that has one aspect, which is just foundational, but there's another angle to that skill that's going to be specific to the job or the role that you're in or the industry that you're in in working with it. Um, there are some things as I've changed jobs where I have to redevelop or relearn that skill because you know just culturally in the organization different things are considered to be more important than others or there's different ways where I can add more value to it later on. So this skill is one that will continually be developed and refined. This is also one where early in a career it's fundamentally different because there's a higher penalty if you get things wrong earlier on versus later on. It's just a, a bit of a reality of uh, trying to build that established credibility. And early on, uh, the potential penalty for missing key information when you're a newer employee can have bigger consequences along with it. And for this, I know for me personally, I uh, definitely was overbuying information insurance earlier in my career, and I'm able to do less of that now as a result later in my career now that I've just continued to build that muscle and find what the right balance is. But, you know, my encouragement for anybody earlier in their career is, you know, it's not a bad thing to put in some of that extra time early on to make sure that you're not uh, underinsured in that uh, in that case that you need it. So a quick recap. Again, I'm not against this idea of information insurance, but like any type of insurance, I find it really important to make sure that I'm not over-investing into it. And by doing so, I'm able to focus more of my time and effort on the things that are truly important. Now, I hope this has been helpful. This topic is one for me that really fits the idea of being mostly productive. If you've enjoyed the show, you can help me out by just sharing it with a friend. Do you know somebody who might find this beneficial, who's trying to find a couple of extra minutes in their day, in their week? Please pass this along. If you like the podcast, go rate and review on iTunes or wherever you rate your podcasts. And lastly, if you have any questions or comments, you can get in touch with me through mostlyproductive.com. Thanks and have a great day.